Good morning, my name is Kristen Paleo. I'll be sharing the scripture for today's sermon. It's found in the book of John, chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. You can find it on your Pew Bible, page 833, and also on the screens. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Kristen. Good morning. Well, it's good to be together. And I just want to dismiss, Carolyn's back there. Uh, four years old to kindergarten, um, kiddos. See you later. We'll see you soon. All right, well, we're going to be jumping into John 1, as we just read, and I'm really excited to do so, but let's pray before we do that. Lord, I pray that you would lift up the light of your face upon us. We need to see you. Lord, I need to see you. So we come to you out of our everyday lives, and we gather, and in gathering, Lord, we are already drawing near to you, and you say that when we draw near to you, you draw near to us. And so we uh, wait for you, we want to sit under your word, your living and breathing word, and we pray that you would change us by it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I've never really liked winter. I don't know about you. I hate being cold. And I've been known to wear multiple hoodies at a time, uh, which the office uh, guys love to make fun of you, make fun of me for. Uh, This sweater, I think, is about as close as I can get to a hoodie on a Sunday. Uh, And during winter, it, it just seems like it's always dark, right? I get up, it's dark. I come home, it's dark. Sometimes it feels like that cold and that darkness just drains the life right out of you, right? And yet one of my favorite moments is when I drive home and I see the light in our windows at our house, at our apartment. And the light tells me that there is life in my home. But not just any life, the life of my wife, the life of my daughter. I love walking out of that hazy, cold darkness into the warmth and light of our home, especially if there's a candle burning. What winter are you walking in? Are you lonely, tired, overwhelmed by the responsibilities in your life? by what you see in the world? Are you angry at what you see in the world? Anxious about what will become of you, your family, grieved by the losses you see around you? Maybe you're walking in a darkness that you've made and you can't get out of. There's good news for you and for me this morning. We're moving into the season of Advent which anticipates Christmas. That word Advent means appearing 
or arrival. We're celebrating the arrival, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to be journeying through those first 18 verses in the Gospel of John. And so if you haven't turned there, uh, go ahead and do that. In Advent, we see God's answer to darkness. To our darkness, to the darkness of the world, and its light. A light that reveals and redeems. One that heals and warms. A light that even in the darkest of days will never go out. One of my wife and I's favorite TV shows was a show called Lost. I don't know if any of you enjoyed that show as well. Lost is a story of Flight Oceanic 815 that crashes onto a desert island, which turns out to be the home of all manner of peculiar, dark, and dangerous things. Every character on the island has a unique story, an important background to their lives that sheds light on the part that they play in the story. And all of them weave in and out of each other. One of the best ways in which you get a window into each character's background is in the flashbacks. The best part of the show. These flashbacks tell pieces of a character's story. Their origins that help you understand who they are and why they matter. In John 1.1, 1, 1, we get the grandest flashback there ever was or will be. Read with me in John 1, starting in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. John does not begin his gospel as we might expect. We would expect that he would start like the other gospel writers with the story of Jesus Christ at his birth. How you would often tell the story of a person's life. Jesus, or John doesn't start his gospel story at Jesus' birth. He starts the gospel story at the dawn of time. John is giving us a flashback that catapults us to the very first verse in the Bible that Benjamin read earlier, Genesis 1, 1. So turn there, if you would. You'll notice that John 1, 1 to 5 is so closely linked to Genesis 1, 1 to 5. You see common themes woven in and out of those verses. John, or Genesis 1, 1 says this, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. In the beginning, there was God. And there was darkness. There was a dark void that he had hollowed out as a place prepared for the making of the world. 
And into that void, into that darkness over the face of the deep, God speaks. And what he says is light. He proclaims his word into utter darkness, into nothing. And life comes into being. Light begins to dawn. According to John, the word that is spoken by God in Genesis 1, through which all things were made, is the one who became flesh and dwelt among us. In Jesus Christ, in the beginning, he was sent out like a message, like a command to the darkness. Let there be light. And there was light. The light shone in that darkness. And that darkness did not overcome it. One of my favorite things in the wintertime is the warmth and light of a good fire. If I want to make a fire, I first need a place to make it, right? Which I don't have these days, so I don't make many fires. So I'm very sad in the wintertime. I need a place to make it. I need wood, fuel of varying sizes. Some paper or birch bark would probably help, and I need a lighter or a flint to get it started. All that to say, I need a whole lot of stuff to start a fire. So it is with anything we create as human beings. We need something to make something. And yet God is not like us. God creates all things out of nothing. He speaks and light begins. He creates through his word, which is an extension of his very being. For John doesn't just say that the word was with God in the beginning. He says that the word was God. Jesus isn't just a tool in the hand of God. He isn't daddy's little helper. And he's not Santa's either. Jesus is one with God. He is God without beginning and without end. He's the maker of light. Furthermore, John continues, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. This word hung the stars in space, shaped the sky and earth and see, and breathed life into you and I. In him was life. And that word that John uses there for life does not mean biological life. It means fullness of life. In him was the good life. And he likes to share. He breathed his good life right into us and gave us a home with him, lit up with eternal love. He gave us the light of truth and meaning and joy and intimacy with him and one another. He gave us a mission to spread his image, to make him look good in the world. He sent us out to rule the earth on his behalf with grace and truth in submission to his reign. And all these things he made us for himself to share in the fullness of life that flows from him and him alone. And yet, as we know, the story of all things goes, 
quickly following the making of the world, we decided we didn't want that good life. We didn't want the fullness of life we were given. We left the good home that God had prepared for us. We didn't want to submit or live on his mission. We wanted to make our own mission. We didn't want to enjoy the blessings of his reign. We wanted to rule ourselves. We didn't want to live in his light. We wanted to make our own. And we wanted to be our own light. Ironically, the word that John uses to describe the disposition of ours to live as our own light is darkness. A few chapters into the book of John, in chapter 3, verse 19, John says this, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. At the dawn of this rebellion, a new darkness came on the world. A darkness in which our relationship with God and one another would no longer be marked by self-giving love, but self-love. Now we're naturally in conflict with God and one another. For we are naturally curved in on ourselves. In darkness, I live as the light of my world. And the mission of my life is about me. And when we live for ourselves, we live against the one who made us. And we live against the people around us. We see this in our hearts, right? We seek to secure our own comfort by accumulating that which we don't need to make us feel like we will never go without. We seek to succeed in a way that drives us to bow down to our work in a way that threatens to cripple our marriages and families. We can seek a moral piety from which we can look down on others for their sin, their failure, and their ignorance so that we can feel better about our own. We see it in the world. We see hatred given to those who are different. We see corruption in those who are in power, oppression of the minority, the perversion of the sacredness and beauty of sexuality, the abuse and neglect of the vulnerable. This is a world of people living in conflict with God and one another. This is a world of people living for themselves, making their own light. And yet this is a dark world. And its fruit is sickness, sorrow, and death. The inhabitants of the Alaskan town of Barrow, 330 miles north of the Arctic Circle, endure a winter that many of us couldn't fathom. On November 18th of this year, at 1.27 p.m., the sun set in Barrow and will not rise until January 22nd. In average, temperatures as low as 20 below, the townspeople of Barrow will endure 65 days of darkness. And I thought I hated winter here. They call this the polar night. No morning and a distant dawn. Isn't that how life can feel sometimes? Seems like the darkness has won. 
You look out at the world and you think, well, at least it will win eventually. In the world and in my own life, my own relationships and my own heart, when we live in darkness so long, we're tempted to doubt that light will ever shine again. God's answer to our darkness, the darkness of sin, sickness, and death is not what we might expect. And it's the same answer that he gives to the darkness there at the dawn of all things. Light. Isaiah declares God's prophetic word in Isaiah 9. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and of peace, There will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal, passion of the Lord of hosts will do this. In Jesus Christ, light dawned on creation. Once more. The God who sent out his word into the void in Genesis 1 sent his word in Jesus Christ. Let there be light. I love how this story, the Christmas story, is recounted in the Jesus Storybook Bible. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Jesus Storybook Bible. There's one on the bookstore shelf out there. Um, And in it, the author... uh, tries to make stories of the Bible readily accessible to children. And yet I find that they're helpful in making them readily accessible to me. And uh, even though our daughter can't understand words and uh, may not even realize when I'm reading to her and sometimes is fed up with it and is hungry and wants to go to sleep, most nights I read a story. (laughs) from the Jesus Storybook Bible to her, and I hope to continue to do so. This isn't the Bible, but it's the author's rendition of some of these stories, and she does so wonderfully. wonderfully. Hear some of the story of Christmas here. She speaks about the star being lit up in heaven. That same night, in and amongst the other stars, suddenly a bright new star appeared. Of all the stars... In the the dark vaulted heavens, this one shone clearer. It blazed in the night and made the other stars look pale beside it. God put it there when his baby son was born to be like a spotlight shining on him, lighting up the darkness, showing people the way to him. You see, God was like a new dad. He couldn't keep the good news to himself. He'd been waiting all these long years for this moment. And now he wanted to tell everyone. It goes on later. 
this baby would be like that bright star shining in the sky that night. A light to light up the whole world, chasing away the darkness. Helping people to see. And the darker the night got, the brighter the star would shine. Talk about readily accessible, huh? The unmade word who was there in the beginning took up residence in the dark, empty womb of the Virgin Mary. He was born, though not made, and he dwelt among us. The word of God took on flesh to show that a new light was dawning on the darkness of the world. The polar night was over. Not because people groped their way to God, but because God was coming down into their darkness and bringing an eternal dawn. This is the story of Christmas. God came down in Jesus Christ. This is the story of the gospel. God comes to us and he brings light and he brings life. He reveals and he redeems. John says this in verse 18 of chapter one, which we'll look at more deeply in a few weeks. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. God's word reveals and testifies to who he is. Jesus reveals God to us that we might no longer be in conflict with him but that we would know him, love him, and abide in him as he is. This light brings us the light of the knowledge of God. Paul testifies to this very thing in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, where Paul recounts the very words spoken in Genesis for the God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. He shows us God. And in showing us God, he shines a light on our need. In the light of God's glory, we're laid bare before him. He shows us the futility of our self-love, the way that it only brings us anxiety and shame and guilt and frustration. He shows us the futility of the fickleness of our little lights, the little lights we make, the, the little fires that we start. He shows us the real weight of our waywardness before the God who made us. And though that's a searing light at times, it's the pain of our budding redemption. Jesus brings the light of revelation, but he also brings the light of life the light that redeems, that buys back. He shows us the heart of God and it's not what we might expect it to be. In Jesus Christ, the heart of God doesn't recoil from the darkness of the world. It doesn't, he doesn't recoil from the darkness in your own heart. But he chases it down in love. He chases us down in love. He pursues us to redeem us, 
In him we receive grace upon grace. We receive fullness of life, and the life that he gives is himself. And he doesn't leave us where we are. He doesn't leave us in the darkness in which we dwell, but he brings us into the light of his love in which we are changed. He offers real change as we find real satisfaction in him, as we see that his light is better than ours, and ours is darkness to his. He offers real change as we submit to him as king and judge. As we repent and find forgiveness in him, we learn to absorb the pain of sin and lament and let go of resentment. As we surrender our ego to him, he humbles us, not with harsh hatred, but with an embrace that melts our hearts. And in the same way that God shines the light of his grace through Christ, Christ shines the light of his love through his people. As he transforms us and we learn to walk in self-giving love and mercy, we testify to the true light of life. The only one who can light up the darkness. And in that, we begin to see light breaking through the cracks. Breaking in to the darkness dawning on creation once more. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. How can a statement like that be true? Is that just a trite, flippant, haphazard thing that John is writing that's nice to put on our bumper stickers or, or on a sermon banner? No, but, but how can this statement possibly be true in a world marked by sin, suffering, and what appears to be an unwaning rumble of conflict against God and his people? Conflict out there and conflict in here. It's true because the light and the darkness are not equals, duking it out to the death. This statement brings no hope and holds no water if the light and darkness are equals. They're not. The only way that this darkness has not and will not overcome the light is if the light rules the darkness. If the light stands outside of the darkness, governs it sovereignly, and it does. Jesus Christ is the Word made flesh. He ruled over the darkness in the beginning, and he rules it over now. How can we know that? Because his pursuit of grace didn't just stop at becoming flesh. It took him past the dark womb of Mary all the way into the deepest, darkest place of the tomb. Into the deepest and darkest polar night in which he bore sin and evil, and death. And just as God brought light out of nothing with his word, God brought life out of death. Jesus, the light of life, was cast out into the darkness of an eternal winter that we might be brought into the home of God forever. 
the word of God was not snuffed out into silence, but rose to bring life to the world so we can be assured that even when we see the chaos that's going on in the world, that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And it will shine through any night and weather any winter. As the story we read, even when the dark gets darker, the light shines brighter. We know that this darkness is a passing shadow. Here for a season and then gone for eternity. So we have hope in a world of darkness. For Jesus himself said to his disciples in John 16, 33, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. Peace, not inner tranquility necessarily, but freedom from conflict with God and one another. That in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. This is the hope of Christmas. This is the hope that we offer to you here at community. And it's the hope that we carry into the world. That the world would know that no matter how dark the day gets, Jesus Christ is the light that will never die. Let's pray. God, thank you for drawing near to us in our darkness. Drawing near to us when we could not see you. Drawing near to us when we were outside the camp, when we had left your home. And you brought us back. And you're bringing us back. And you're inviting the world to come back. And you're doing that through us. And so give us courage. Give us this unwavering hope that you hold out for us. Here in John 1, in your life, in your death, in your resurrection, help us to take heart, for you have overcome the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.